the minerals are the spark plugs to your hormones is what turns on your thyroid. And your thyroid plays a really big role in your fertility. I needed to support my hormones, my thyroid, all of it in the biggest way possible so that I could shorten my cycle and get it back on track. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. It has been a few weeks since I released an episode. I recorded my miscarriage story a couple of weeks back, and I so appreciate you tuning in and sending me so many beautiful, heartfelt messages and stories. It was so beautiful to hear from so many of you, so many of you sharing your miscarriage stories with me and letting me know how alone you felt in the process and that when you were going through your miscarriage, you were looking for podcasts and you were Googling information and trying to find other stories and connect with other women and just not feel so alone. And you are looking for information on how to deal and how you can support your body. And I feel just so grateful that so many of you reached out and shared that with me. And it's one of the reasons why I went ahead and created that podcast in the first place. I felt so compelled to share my story because I know how lonely it can feel how much of a physical and emotional roller coaster it can feel. And so I just didn't want you to feel alone. And I wanted to share a piece of me and what I went through and how in the breakdown and the discomfort of it all, there was so much beauty and lessons to be learned and explored and such a beautiful, deeper connection. I was able to build with myself and create for myself. So thank you again for tuning into that episode. It really, truly means a lot. And as you can imagine, I've been in a bit of an interesting space these last few weeks where the podcast was definitely not my top priority. Sitting down to do work was not something that I was interested in. Any kind of work, I just wasn't in the right headspace and sitting down to record a podcast or write an email or show up on social media, it has, again, just kind of been at the bottom of my list, not at the top of my priority list, that's for sure. And overall, I feel good. I'm still working through a lot and I am feeling the roller coaster of emotions and the physical symptoms I have been feeling a bit tired and my sleep has been a little bit off. Initially, I felt quite moody uh, the first few weeks and now heading into about four weeks since my miscarriage, definitely feeling a little bit better, but just overall not a strong, like not even just in a physical sense, just like from an immune stance, just all of it. I just feel slow. I'm moving a bit slow when I am in the gym and trying to lift weights. I've found that my strength has definitely been, it just, just felt kind of weak. And you know, it's so interesting because about two weeks after I had my miscarriage, I was like, okay, it's been two weeks. I'm going to try getting back into my routine again and working out and moving my body a little bit more. And I remember going to the gym and I was lifting weights and it was so, so hard. And I had to take a moment and be like, of course, this is so hard. Like, what was I thinking to actually come into the gym right now and go and like lift weights and get back into a my workout routine? Like my body and my hormones need time right now. And so 
I stepped away even more. And it's just been in this past week where I have felt a lot better in terms of getting back into the gym. But it's just so interesting how we undermine the time and how much time we actually need. And we think like, oh, it's been two weeks or, or three or four weeks. It's been It's been plenty of time. No, it's only been four weeks. It has not been enough time. And perhaps it could be my age where the resiliency isn't there the way it once was when I was in my 20s. And so the time that my body needs to get back on track and to sort of rebalance myself, I don't know what that time is going to look like, but I really need to grant myself the space and and really just trust the process. So I hope that that perhaps might help you if you feel like you're in a place where you're really forcing things to happen. We often do that. We want things to improve and go away as quickly as possible. And it can be hard to be in the discomfort or when changes happen. And so we are you know, forcing and forcing comes from a place of fear. And I really needed to step back and just honor my body and love my body and the beauty of all that it is going through right now and the waves that it's going through both emotionally and physically and trusting that it's all going to work out in the right time and the right sequence. So what I'd love to dive into today is I actually would love to share a bit about the pregnancy story and when I found out I was pregnant, even though, of course, it was short-lived for nine and a half weeks. Um, I want to share a little bit about that. And then I want to dive into what I have been actually doing in these last few years to support my hormones and my fertility. And I want to be clear that even though my husband and I weren't fully committed to the process of having a baby because we were kind of on the fence, I was still prioritizing fertility because fertility does not just have to mean having babies. Fertility means having a healthy, regular cycle and ovulating. And so I wanted to support that process as much as possible. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've been doing over these last few years Many of the things I share on this podcast when it comes to nutrition and supplementation lifestyle. So a lot of it you already know and have heard me talk about, but I'm going to give a bit of context because there's definitely, there's a few things that had happened in the last few years and I really had to prioritize my hormones and my health in a big way. So I'll talk a little bit about that and sort of that process and what it all looked like. And then I'll share a little bit about what I am currently doing now to support my body after a miscarriage and um, supporting my hormones moving forward and what that all looks like. So let's start out with the actual pregnancy story because it's kind of a funny story. And I found out I was pregnant on Lionsgate, which is August 8th. And of course, my period was late. So Backtracking before that, it was, I know, I know the sex, the day we had sex, July 23rd, we were at the cottage and I remember it so clearly because we did not, of course, use protection. And it's so interesting because, because we've been so uncertain about having a baby and do we, and you know, do we move forward? Do we not? What does this look like? I feel like you are never fully prepared. And there's just so much uncertainty. And quite frankly, I think I just spent way too much time in my head around it and fear around it because there's so much change that happens in your life from your schedule and your time and your freedom and your business and your work and finances and all of the things. And there's a lot to think about. And I think we were just leaning into that a little too much, which is why we were so uncertain about having children. And so in July, we had spent two weeks at the cottage and it was such a beautiful time in the sun and at the beach and in the water and just time off away from the computer, away from my phone and playing. And I had spent time with my nieces and they had come up and we had so much fun playing in the water and it was super wavy on some days and just crashing in the waves and very similar to my experience last year. Although last year at the cottage, I did LSD. And that was a really beautiful experience. You could also listen to that episode if you want to. But I was in such a beautiful, relaxed state and getting lots of sunlight and that vitamin D and eating delicious food and lots of quality time with my husband. And so on this particular day when we had sex, 
Uh, I don't want to give you too much detail, but of course we did not use protection. And I knew that I was past my ovulation day. I knew I was still in the ovulation window. The day that you ovulate, you can still get pregnant, you know, about four to five days leading up to that day and four to five days past. There's still a window of opportunity there. And so I knew I was past my ovulation date. And I was also thinking, well, I'm 40. And not that I make that a big story, but I'm just like, you know, the chances of this happening, us not using protection and like, for the first time, FYI, for the first time all year, because we always use protection during ovulation because we want to be careful. And so of course, this one time, I'm like, what are the chances of this happening? And well, we got pregnant, of course. So I find out on August 8th, my period was late. You know, it's late three, four days. I'm not thinking too much of it. And I'm having symptoms. I'm having breast tenderness. I'm having cramping. I was having, I was noticing canker sores showing up and my gums were being really, really sensitive, which is often a very common sign of pregnancy, especially in the first trimester. All those minerals are being used up and it can really impact your gums. And so you know, five, six, seven days I'm late, but I'm waking up every morning saying to my husband, no, my period's coming today. I have these symptoms. I have breast tenderness. I have cramping. These are classic period signs. I know my period is coming. And so every day I would wake up thinking, oh, this is it. This is the day. This is the day. So of course, by the time we get to day nine, day 10, I actually still wasn't even thinking I was pregnant. It didn't even cross my mind. In full transparency, it didn't even cross my mind. So on this particular day, August 8th, we're out for a walk. We're walking the dog in the evening. And there is, you know, this house down the street from us. This man, you know, this couple lives there with their kids. And and the husband, he rides motorcycles. And so does my husband. And so often they chat about motorcycles. And so we're walking by his house. And... He says to my husband, Hey, did you get your motorcycle fixed? Side note, Gaytan had crashed his motorcycle last year. Thank God it was a very minor crash. I wouldn't even call it a crash, but he, you know, did scuff up his jacket, ruined his jacket, his bike. Of course, he was totally fine. He always rides with the, you know, all of the gear and the protection as much as possible. So just a side note, he had crashed his bike last year and thank God he was okay. So he had gotten his bike fixed. So we're walking by this house and the guy says, Hey, did you get your bike fixed? And he says, yeah, I got it fixed. It looks great. It's running great, but I'm thinking of selling it. And the guy says, why do you have a little one on the way? And I was like, what the actual fuck? Did he just say my eyes literally bulged out of my head and Gaytan replied and he says, no, 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 no. We just, I'm thinking of selling the bike, maybe getting something new. I don't know yet. And so anyways, we walk on, we're walking home and I turned to Gaytan and I was like, what the fuck? Like who says that? Who actually makes that assumption? And Gaytan said, don't freak out. It's just a common thing. Guys sell their motorcycles or their sports cars when a baby is on the way. Like it was, I'm sure he didn't, you know, he wasn't trying to be rude or anything like, and so I, it totally shook me. And I looked down at my stomach and I'm like, do I look pregnant? Is that why he said that? I must look pregnant. That is the most ridiculous thing for him to say. And he's like, you know, no, my husband's like, you don't look pregnant. Just just get it out of your head. Don't worry about it. So it really got under my skin. And of course, because my period was so late, we get home and I'm like, you know what? I have pregnancy tests upstairs. I'm going to go upstairs and do a test and prove this guy wrong because this is so ridiculous. I can't believe he said that. So I go upstairs, take the test. Of course, it's positive. That is how I found out I was pregnant because of my neighbor and his comment and motorcycles. <laughs> so, uh, you know, took the test downstairs, gay tens in the kitchen. And I was like, well, he was right. And there is a little one on the way. So we were met with a lot of shock at first and all the feels and the emotions and excitement and just this amazing surprise. 
And so that first week, of course, I was so uncertain. It was very unplanned. And I, my brain was all over the place thinking all of the things and how am I going to do this and my work and my this and my job, all the things I was thinking. Do we need to move? What am I going to, you know, what am I going to do? How much time can I take off? All the stuff that you go through and you think about. And as I started to move through the pregnancy, I really started to lean into the beauty of it and the acceptance and the joy. And I was so excited. And that really started to take over. And it was it was a really beautiful feeling. And so that was the story of, you know, how I found out I was pregnant. And many of you, when you listened to that episode a few weeks ago about my miscarriage, not only were you sending me these beautiful messages and these heartfelt messages and these stories, but many of you were also sharing your journeys and stories and your struggles with fertility. And after 35, and many of you are in your early 40s and wanting to get pregnant, and you're feeling lost and you're feeling confused, and you felt hopeful knowing that there's other women in their 40s who are getting pregnant and you were asking questions about what you can do and if there's anything that you can implement. And so I was getting a lot of those questions. And while I was pregnant, I was you know, going online and doing some research and got a few books. And I was actually trying to be very, very conscious of not over-consuming information because there's a lot of conflicting information. It's very overwhelming. But in that short amount of time, I could see why women feel so lost and so overwhelmed and so confused and don't know what to eat. And should I eat this? Can I take this supplement? Is this okay? Is this going to hurt my baby? Is this going to hurt my body? And all the confusion. And so I really wanted to lean back from all of that and actually just trust my body and trust my intuition. I did not want to take prenatals. I do not think there's any really great ones on the market. I could actually create a separate episode diving more into those topics around pregnancy and prenatals and whatnot. But eating real whole foods and trusting your body and what your body is craving that's what I really wanted to lean into. And it's taking a bit of the science approach, but also taking a bit of, you know, the intuition approach. And I felt like during that time, as I'm sure so many of you can relate when, you know, being a, many of you are mothers and going through your pregnancies, perhaps you felt this massive portal open for you where, you had so many ideas and you felt inspired and you felt like new messages were coming through. And that's how I felt. I was like, I just, my body stepped into this whole new portal of trust and surrender and just really going internal and listening. And what was my body telling me? What does my body need right now? And even paying attention to some of these visceral reactions, for example, with prenatals that were being suggested. And I was just like, had a full body, no, just my body was like, no. And I do not want to undermine your experience or what you've done or what you're currently doing. Let's be really clear about that. Everybody's on their own path. And I am just sharing what worked for me and what I was thinking and going through. And that does not mean that you need to take that on for yourself. And I am not judging you for your choices that you make during your pregnancy. I just want to be fully transparent and real in my process. And the only way I can do that is by being, well, fully transparent and real and telling you what I'm thinking and feeling. And so for me, there, I feel like our industry, our fertility pregnancy is very medicalized. And I was like channeling my grandmother during this time who had multiple pregnancies, you know, six children. She was, I believe, pregnant 10 times, but overall, you know, six children. And so she miscarried. I have five uncles and then there's my, my mom. So she miscarried four times. And so I have a big family on my mom's side, of course. And I was felt like I was like channeling my grandmother. Like, what was she doing? What was she eating? They didn't have access to 
all this technology and this medical intervention. And I was really like tuning in and tapping into that and trusting that voice. And on the same front, you know, I also want to recognize that we are also so lucky that we have you know, medical doctors and all the support at our fingertips and that we do have certain interventions. And so again, don't want to undermine it, but it just, I wasn't feeling called to lean into that. So anyhow, I really, I I feel like I should create a separate episode on this and, and dive into it. If you feel you're interested and you have questions and there's specific topics you would love for me to address, I'd love to hear from you. And I could totally create that for and record that for a future episode. So just talking about where I want to really lead into is talking about my hormone health and fertility and what it's kind of looked like over these last few years, much of which I've shared on this episode, like I said earlier. But I want to go back to December 2021. And This was when I got COVID. I cannot say the full word. They actually filter you and screen your episodes and put all these warning signs on it and all this stuff when they upload it to Apple and Spotify, FYI. So December, 2021, I got COVID and I want to share this story because it's going to give you some context. And so basically I was like lights out for two weeks. It was the worst experience getting hit by this really terrible virus. And In January, I was slowly coming back into my body again, was feeling really off and tired and all of the things and going through a recovery. And so I can't remember exactly when my period was in December, but I know that in January, like my period was late. And so when I finally got my period, it was February 6th. So I got my period February 6th. And then mid-February, I had two weeks of the worst hot flashes, the first time I had ever experienced hot flashes. And I was sweating profusely. I would strip off all my clothes, and then I would be absolutely freezing and throw all my clothes back on and back and forth and back and forth with that whole process for two weeks. It was terrible on top of having this like crippling anxiety for two weeks and heart palpitations, it was really, really uncomfortable. And so I'm now thinking, great, my period was late. I'm having hot flashes and I am fully entering into perimenopause right now. I'm having full on perimenopausal symptoms and all thanks to COVID. Sometimes we don't realize how much a virus can impact our endocrine system. And so backtracking to the end of 2021, this is when Gayton and I really started to have this conversation around having children. And I think what happens is with every passing year, years are going by, we're getting older and we're revisiting this conversation of like, okay, we really need to make this decision. I'm going to be 40. Do we want to do this? Like, let's really lean into this? Is this a yes or a no? You know, where are we on this? And so we had finally decided like, well, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if this is what's going to happen for us, then let's, let's move forward with it. And I'm ready. And if there's, you know, there's never going to be a better time in our lives than right now. So let's do this. And so we had that conversation. December comes around. I get COVID. February comes around. I'm experiencing all these perimenopausal symptoms. So now I'm like, well, if this is what's happening and where my body is at, what's going to happen with pregnancy? I'm going to have probably a really challenging time and who knows what's going on with my hormones right now. And so I was all up in my head over that. And March comes, I don't get my period. And my next period comes exactly 60 days, April 6th, 60 days before I got my next period. So after that, my next period was 43 days. The next month was another 43 days. And then finally, as we started heading into August, September, October, it was starting to shorten and get closer to like in the 30s, 35-ish days. And then finally, by about October, it was at 28 days. So it took almost a full year of getting my cycle back on track and having a baby was not necessarily at the forefront during that time in 2022. It was, I just got to get my cycle back on track because here I am at 
you know, 39 and I did not want to be having perimenopausal symptoms or not having a cycle. And here I am thinking I'm going to at least menstruate for at least another 10 or so years. And I'm not going to get hit with these symptoms for quite some time. And so the fact that it was happening for me at 39 years old was kind of having me freak out a little bit. And so I really committed to upping the ante on my health in a really big way. And so during the year of of last year, 2022, obviously my biggest priority was getting my cycle back on track and really minimizing those symptoms. Now, the thing is the hot flashes only showed up in that one month. It was only in February, thank God for those two weeks. And what I did during that time was much of what I speak about. Ancestral nutrition was my primary focus, eating organ meats, taking organ supplements because I don't always eat the organ meats and I don't love eating just heart or liver. And so I knew I needed to up the ante with the organ meats, which is where the supplements came in. So from a nutrition perspective, I was focusing on eating organ meats and eating wild caught fish and seafood because they're so mineral dense and that mineral density is so important. The minerals are the spark plugs to your hormones. Your minerals is what turns on your thyroid and your thyroid governs the metabolism of your body, but the metabolism of your ovaries. And your thyroid plays a really big role in your fertility. And I needed to support my hormones, my thyroid, all of it in the biggest way possible so that I could shorten my cycle and get it back on track. And so I was really upping the ante on nutrition making sure that I was getting in enough protein and also increasing my carbohydrates. It was really important for me to start increasing carbs because my progesterone levels were low and you need high amounts of progesterone in order to conceive, in order to bring a baby to full term. And so progesterone, you know, you often, you can support that by eating more carbohydrates. Now, That's not the only way that you can support your progesterone levels, but it was necessary for me at that time, what I felt for myself to increase more carbohydrates. And so adding in more carbohydrates, now I was lucky that it was the time of year as we were heading into spring and summer where there was so much more availability with produce and being able to eat more fruits and fresh local fruits. And so that was a really great source of carbohydrates, typically focusing on fruits and roots. So your sweet potatoes and your plantain and your squashes, which aren't necessarily very local. So I did eat some of it, but potatoes and some rice and you know, some beans because they have some great carbohydrates in there as well as protein. So I might have like a chickpea salad or something like that, or even the chickpea pasta, which is a great protein source and give me some good carbohydrates as well and fruits as well, of course. So I was really increasing my protein, increasing some carbohydrates. And when I say increasing carbohydrates, I don't mean like you know, just piling on rice at dinner and just like eating an entire sweet potato. My, probably my glucose would have skyrocketed, but just being more conscious that I would have more carbs throughout the day and I, and I would add them in at each meal. You know, my love for functional mushrooms and during these last few years, a mushroom that I have been taking regularly is reishi mushroom. And there have been some amazing studies showing how reishi can have positive effects on fertility, not just for women, but for men. There's been studies that have shown that reishi has increased levels of serum testosterone and improved testicular function and structure. And in females, There's been some interesting research showing how reishi can prevent the conversion of testosterone into DHT. Now, what that is, DHT is a more 
potent form of testosterone that can actually lead to masculinization in females. We often see this in women with PCOS and they start to have issues with irregular periods, lack of ovulation, and poor egg quality. So reishi mushroom is where it's at when it comes to supporting fertility and hormone health. I love the chill now from Aversio Wellness. I personally take two capsules every evening, and it is not just amazing for fertility, but so great for sleep and anxiety and adrenal support. You can head on over to aversiowellness.com, use the coupon code wellnesswitch, and save 15% off at checkout. And so those were a few things that I was doing. My fat intake, of course, focusing on saturated fats getting the polyunsaturated fats out of the diet and no vegetable and seed oils or anything like that, which has always been very staple for me. I've never, that's never been a part of my diet. And so focusing on grass-fed butter and ghee and tallow and coconut oil and hydration and electrolytes, the sodium, the potassium, the magnesium, getting that all in. And another thing with the carbohydrates, you know, you're thyroid can't convert its inactive hormone to the active hormone T4 to T3 without glucose. You actually need glucose. And so you've heard me speak about this probably before, if you've tuned into any of my past episodes, especially around thyroid health, that number one, we need that glucose. And if you've come from this lifestyle of very high fat and very low carb and intermittent fasting, it can really do some damage to the thyroid. And so it's really important to make sure you're getting in the right macronutrients for you and your body. Also for your stress levels, if you are highly stressed and you're doing low carb and you're doing intermittent fasting, that's going to really tank your thyroid gland and your metabolism. And metabolism isn't just weight. Metabolism is your entire body, your immune system, your digestion, your brain health, your heart health, and your fertility. So it plays a big role in everything. So I was doing a lot nutritionally, of course, and a lot of that has been a staple for a very long time. We were also upping the ante with our raw dairy. Now we had been consuming raw dairy for years, but not regularly, like just kind of every now and again. And But I would say in the last two years, we really made it a priority to get our regular delivery every two weeks. We would get raw milk, raw goat's milk, raw butter, raw cottage cheese, uh, different kinds of cheeses. It was all raw, raw cream. Oh my God, their cream is amazing. We would make homemade ice cream. I have an ice cream maker and I literally have had this ice cream maker for seven years and just started using it in the last year. And so we would make homemade ice cream and it was, which is such You know, you think about ice cream and you're like, that's a junk food. Well, when you think about the way it's really meant to be made with raw milk and cream and a little bit of maple syrup, some egg yolks and some vanilla bean, it's very easy to make and it's actually very mineral rich and you're getting in protein, fat and carb and you're getting in calcium, magnesium. It's Actually, I'm not going to say like, oh, it's a health food, but when it's made in the real traditional way, it can be healthier for you and a better alternative than store-bought. So especially during the summer, we're making raw milk ice cream and really upping the dairy intake. So that was helpful for getting my protein requirements up, but also getting some good fats in there as well. From a supplement perspective, I mentioned that I was taking some organ supplements. I really do love the organ supplements from Perfect Supplements. You can go to perfectsupplements.com and check out some of their products there. I really like the multi-organs and I also take the beef liver. You can use the coupon code wellnesswitch to save 10% at checkout if you're interested in trying them out. I'm not here to say that supplements are going to solve everything, but they're supplementary. They were definitely filling the nutritional gap for me and really helping me get in some really good minerals and iron and copper and that retinol, which you need for thyroid conversion. So really, really important. And that retinol is so important for fertility and ovulation. 
and just overall sex hormone support and production. So it was really important that I included those. My supplements for the most part were like pretty minimal. Even to this day, I do not overdo it with my supplements. Now, maybe during that pregnancy window, I was increasing to make sure I was getting more specific nutrients for sure. But overall, I have really transitioned my supplements over the years and taking more whole food based has been really beneficial. And I noticed has been made a really big shift in how I feel overall. So when I'm saying whole food based, like organ supplements come straight from the animal and it's not like, you know, synthetic. You're getting it straight from, you're getting your CoQ10 straight from heart, right? The organ. You are getting your iron and your copper. You know, all of this is coming from the actual organs. And so one of the biggest things with organ meats is that you are really increasing your intake of anti-inflammatory amino acids. So what happens is when we eat too many muscle meats, we create an imbalance with our amino acids. Those amino acids go on to build our neurotransmitters and support our hormones and our mood and our digestion and our brain health. And when we eat too many muscle meats, we actually cause an imbalance with those amino acids and we increase the intake of pro-inflammatory aminos. This is why when we look at ancestral nutrition, they ate the whole animal and the parts that they were eating first and the parts that they were giving actually to pregnant women was the organs. Those were the most nutrient-dense part of the animal, and nothing went to waste. And so we've really gotten away from that. And I think about so many women who are just eating like chicken breast and turkey breast and eggs all day, and that's their only protein sources, and you know, not branching out and having enough variety in their diet. So this is why variety is so key. And with meat in general, you know, we would have oxtail and we would have lamb and we would have all sorts of different cuts of meat. And then of course, when you are making things like oxtail or something like beef shanks, you are getting some really amazing, all the good collagen from, you know, the bones in there. And it's just delicious, you know, especially if you're preparing it right. And it's actually quite easy to make beef shanks in your instant pot and braise them. So I just bring this up because variety is really, really key and we can really take a food first approach to supporting our health and our hormones and our well-being. And there's so much available to us. Obviously, we want to be sourcing out really good quality and as local as possible. And using that food first approach is key, especially during pregnancy, because your baby's home is your body. And I wanted to make sure that my body is, you know, in the healthiest place possible for baby to thrive and popping all these supplements is not going to, let alone, do we even know we're digesting and assimilating and absorbing all those nutrients versus getting it from real whole foods. So there's a big difference there, of course. So that was kind of from a nutrition perspective, I was being really cautious about my sleep and my boundaries around sleep and getting good quality sleep and really managing stress levels and my schedule. And I actually cut back on work quite a bit and I was taking more time off, more play, more fun, doing more of the things that I love, spending a lot of time outside, being in nature, getting that sunlight in, which of course is so much easier during the spring and the summer months. And that sunlight is so key because it really helps to set your circadian rhythm and your melatonin and your cortisol and support those stress and those sex hormones as well as your thyroid. And it was really important to get that sunlight in every day, minimize blue light. These were all of the things that I was doing to really support my cycle and shorten my cycle during 2022 and really getting my cycle and my ovulation back on track. And there's, of course, some other little things 
going for acupuncture every single week. I also work with a classical homeopath and we have a call every month and I'm definitely trying to get her to come onto the podcast. We're trying to plan our schedules accordingly, but acupuncture is fantastic. That definitely helped having monthly calls with my homeopath where, you know, she can listen to all of my symptoms, but also what's showing up for me mentally, emotionally, and then prescribe me the right remedy. And there would be months where I would be on the same remedy, you know, for a couple of months, and then maybe we would switch things up. And so that was really helpful. And I definitely felt a massive difference when I was on like the right remedy and just taking those homeopathic remedies to begin with, they're, they're really powerful. Um, so there's of course a lot of moving pieces and things that I was doing and just really prioritizing me and my body and movement and a lot of downtime. Being an entrepreneur, you can feel like you're married to your business and have to show up and do all the things. And especially in this space where maybe this may relate or resonate with you or not, it you know it depends because if you're an online practitioner or a wellness coach or a business coach and you're in the online space and on social media, you're probably bombarded with messages about growing your business and scaling your business and hitting these big numbers. And you know, it's always about scaling and more and more and more growth. And I was actually getting exhausted by that conversation. And I really felt like I had, I was so much in my masculine that I had to really take a step back and create more time in my life and in my day for play and to reconnect to that divine feminine inside. And this is where going to ceremonies and being in plant medicine ceremonies with other women and being out in nature and on these beautiful lands, hosting my retreats and connecting with women and holding space for them and being in you know those emotional depths and despair really and helping women work through that and move through that and see the beauty on the other side of it you know, all of that really helped to put me more into my feminine and support women in a different way than I usually have. Um, and that was important for me because I've been evolving in that space. And I really wanted to honor that and bring more of that into my everyday. This is where breath work came in and connecting to the body and my breath and using the breath to guide me through discomfort and using the breath to support the nervous system and change those alpha and beta and theta waves you know in the brain and then taking that and holding space and community where we can come together and breathe together these were all things i was really leaning into and exploring because it was allowing me to really step more into my divine feminine and that's so needed when you want to get pregnant and i think it's something we neglect or we undermine, or maybe we just don't even recognize that that's a thing. And I'm here to tell you that it is a thing, really leaning into the play and the joy and the fun of being a woman and honoring your cycle and the seasons. I was really connecting and moving through all of this. And even just like taking more time to be in my kitchen cooking and baking. And I'm not saying that women are meant to be at home and you have to be, you know, the cook of the house and take care of the house. But I will say that there's definitely something that is very feminine in that and being able to hold the space in the home and take care of my home. This is my environment and I want it to be beautiful and bright and light and I want it to be a reflection of me and that was important. And so taking care of my home, spending more time cooking and being in the garden and baking, these are creative outlets for me and it was ways that I could reconnect back to my femininity and create a bit of distance between the work and the online space and the social media and the more growth and the more scaling and the money. And it was just like, it was a lot. It really was a lot. So these are some of the things that I was doing in, you know, in the last few years and just being more conscious of and aware of. And one of the pieces here that I want to talk about is my weight and how my weight started to fluctuate. So in 2022, here I am going through this process with my cycle and 
what I'm thinking is I'm leading into perimenopause. And so I was starting to, like I mentioned earlier, increase a little bit of my carbohydrates and really just increase my calories overall. And I ended up gaining, I'd say about seven to eight pounds. But let me tell you what happened. Number one, I could give two fucks about what the scale said because my libido, my energy, my cycle, my skin, my hair, all of it improved drastically. My body temperatures went up. My progesterone levels improved. All of this made a massive shift. And it was a really interesting transition for me because I have been really lean and muscular for most of my life. And maybe you can relate to this that my body was the thing that used to get me attention. How fit I was, how lean I was, how healthy I looked. It was the thing that got me attention. So now here I am in a place where. I need to really focus on my well-being and that might mean my weight is going to shift and it was really accepting almost this like new identity and my womanhood. Like of course my body's going to shift. You think I'm going to expect that I'm going to look and be the same as I was 20 years ago? No, of course not. And I don't have intentions of gaining all this weight, being at an unhealthy weight, but Perhaps those seven to eight pounds is what my body needed in order to really thrive. And it's clear that it needed that because the ease of getting pregnant. And so it was a really interesting experience for me of acceptance and surrender and recognizing how much time and energy and attention we put on the aesthetics I needed to look a certain way and weigh a certain way. And I had to just really let go of all of that. It wasn't serving me. I don't think it's serving anybody. And focusing on the symptoms and improving your symptoms overall is going to get you to a healthy weight. And as I improved my symptoms, my weight increased. And that was what was meant to happen. And so being in a place where all of my symptoms improved allowed me then to focus more on weight training and body composition. But when we focus on body composition, and I'm not saying that this is the way it needs to be, but oftentimes when we focus on just the body composition first, and the weight training and all the movement, but we're neglecting all the other areas like my low libido and my cycle is off and my digestion is off and I'm exhausted and I can't sleep and my skin is super dry and my hair is falling out. We have to pay attention to all of that. All we're doing is focusing on the aesthetics, wanting to weigh a certain way, look a certain way. We neglect our actual well-being. And then what happens is maybe we get the aesthetic we're looking for, but we still don't actually feel better. And so I was really reverse engineering that. It wasn't about my weight and aesthetic and how I looked and the muscle and the definition. It was, I need to fucking feel better. I need to get my cycle on track. I'm going to be turning 40. I want to be as healthy as possible. And when I feel that way and when I get there, then I am going to be in the best mindset you know, in the best physical place, mental place, emotional place, where then I can proactively focus on the aesthetic piece, if if it at all even mattered to me. But I had to really reverse engineer how I used to think about it. And so I spent my time focusing on those symptoms, improving all those symptoms, improving my cycle. I felt freaking amazing. And then when I was in the gym and strength training, I was able to train and lift in a really powerful way. Like here I was deadlifting 200 pounds because I had the energy reserves to do that. Because I felt damn good in my body to do that. I was sleeping well and we need to sleep in order to lift you know, and, and change our body. I was managing my stress. I was eating well. I was nourishing myself. So I was able to go into the gym and show up in a really powerful way. And so 
I just let go of the whole aesthetics and the number on the scale and my weight and the whole thing because that wasn't the priority. So I really wanted to share that story about my weight because I feel like many of you can perhaps resonate and relate to that. And it is just really interesting how most of my life I was leading with my physicalness and we're so much more than that and we're so beyond that. And when that started to shift, and I'm sure perhaps you've been in this position as well where you're aging and things are shifting and changing and you and myself and we're holding on to this past self, this past way of being and who we were and how we looked. And it was learning to really shed that and really step into what's really important in my life now. And it was managing my cycle and my hormones and my fertility. And that became a really big priority. And focusing on all of that and my well-being led to feeling my absolute best self. And even though it may have led to an increase in my weight, I'm now at a place where I feel really good in my body And I love myself even more than ever before. And so I just really want to share that because I hope that perhaps it can help you in some way if you feel this really strong attachment to your aesthetic and your weight and the number on the scale. So many of us are. And so many of us are conditioned in this society to look a certain way. And however you want to look, I mean, that's up to you. If you want to have a six pack and you want to step on a competition stage or whatever that might be, I think that that's fantastic. And if that's a goal for yourself, amazing. But let's do it in the best way possible without compromising your health and your hormones and your well being. And that's not my goal. Do I still want to be super strong and build muscle? Absolutely, I do. But I was at a period and a phase in my life where focusing on that piece was not going to serve me. So if you are in a place right now where fertility, pregnancy is your ultimate goal, but you have, you're perhaps holding on to this idea with your weight and how you're supposed to look, perhaps it's time to let that go. And that type of mindset is not supporting you in fully leaning in and stepping into your fertility and your pregnancy journey. Okay, so switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about now where I'm at after my miscarriage, what I'm currently doing to support my body and all those nutrition strategies and the supplement strategies and all of that is essentially very much the same. The nutrition is still of utmost of importance, of course, during this time and really focusing on mineral density and getting in a lot of animal products and my raw dairy and all of that. If you don't have access to raw dairy, I recommend organic milk or looking for A2. There's a lot of milk that is now labeled A2, and it's just a type of protein that is more easily digestible. There's an A1 and an A2 milk. And so if you purchase the A2, typically people find that they can better digest that. So that might be something to consider if you're thinking about including some dairy. And so I'm doing all of the nutrition, supplement, lifestyle strategies. It's all very much the same, especially in this time right now after a miscarriage where blood pressure is shifting, your blood volume is shifting. Obviously, hormones are very out of whack and your body's trying to recalibrate and I'm hoping for my cycle to come back sooner than later. And so really getting and supporting my iron levels because that blood volume is changing, which is why the beef liver works so, so well for that. So continuing with all of that, the biggest shift right now that I am incorporating because we are heading into winter and the season is changing, the weather has shifted, the sun has shifted, we are getting less light at this time of year. The light is the biggest piece that I'm focusing on right now and getting that natural sunlight and trying as if you've been tuning into this podcast for a while, you know that I'm not an early riser. So trying to wake up earlier and as close as possible to sunrise and get that direct light into my eyes first thing in the morning. So waking up at sunrise, I go on my porch. I literally just wrap myself in a blanket, throw a toque on my head and 
if I can see the sunrise, because sometimes it's a cloudy day. And even if it's cloudy or it's raining or super cold, it doesn't matter. You're still outside and you're getting natural light. And so where the sun rises, there are homes in front of me, so I can't fully see it, but starts to really peek through, you know, over the rooftops and through some of the trees. And I just stand there on my porch and I stare at it, stare at the sun, no sunglasses. You need that sunlight directly into your eyes. And why this is so important is because sunlight, natural light supports leptin. And leptin is a very powerful hormone. It's a circadian hormone. And what that does is it supports our melatonin production for sleep and our cortisol for our stress regulation. Leptin plays a massive role in overall sex hormone balance, digestion, immune support, our appetite, and our thyroid. It plays a massive role in supporting thyroid hormone conversion. And if we get very little light or no exposure to light, we can start to really build up leptin resistance. And this is going to impact your body on a really big level with your cravings, your appetite, your weight increasing, sex hormone depletion, low thyroid output, low immune function. So getting the natural light, it's free and it's so easy to do. And you just need a few minutes in the morning. So because we're shifting at this time of year, like I said, with the season. That's really been my biggest priority. My biggest shift right now is the natural light. So waking up at sunrise and then trying to get outside around solar noon to get that light exposure as well, because the UV rays do shift throughout the day. So you're trying to get multiple rays of light. And then we also walk our dog in the evening time. We call it like our family walk. And so where Gage and I always go together on that evening walk. And I would say we walk her any time between like 4.30 and 6 o'clock, give or take. And so getting that evening light is important as well because uh, that's also communicating to your body and you're supporting that circadian rhythm and letting your body know like the sun is setting and now it's time to really support that melatonin production because we're going to be heading into like a rest and digest state as we head into sleep for the rest of the night. So This will probably, you know, at the time that I'm recording this right now, it is like mid to late October and the clocks are going to go back in another few weeks. So the sunrise and the sunset, that's going to start shifting. It is the worst when it's like 4.30 and it's so dark outside. Oh, I absolutely hate it, but that's going to mean I'm going to have to shift the times a little bit more. And, you know, if the sun is setting between 4.30 and 5, then I'll probably push that evening walk a little bit earlier so that I can make sure that I am getting the light. And then, of course, it's going to shift during the morning as well with sunrise. So that's been the biggest thing that I'm focusing on right now and really supporting my leptin because, again, it plays such a huge role with our overall health and hormones. And this also means that the light environment in our home is shifting as well. So when the sun is setting, we are dimming all the lights or we're actually just turning them all off. Now we have red light, what are they called? The the night lights that we plug in and we have them throughout the home and they're all red light. So that does not emit any blue or green light, which is going to impact your hormones, your melatonin, your cortisol or your circadian rhythm. There's no impact there. So we have a few of those around the home so that if we're you know, going into the kitchen to get something, we have the red light to kind of direct us. And then we have the hue, H-U-E, the hue light bulbs. And we've had those for a few years now and we love them. Basically, it connects to an app on your phone where then you can set different lights. You can make it purple or blue or green and candlelight setting and fireplace setting. And it's really great. And so we set all of our hue bulbs. We have like two or three in the home and we will set those. So when the sun goes down, we dim all the lights. We set our hue bulbs to like a red orangey light. And then I also do wear my blue blockers at night. So really, really conscious of supporting the light environment in the home to really mimic what's naturally happening outside in nature. Because We get a lot of blue light exposure in the evening time. We've got the lights on super bright and I get it. We're busy in in the evening times when we're cooking dinner and we're doing all the things, but we can still manage our light environment. This is why I always recommend having dimmers in the house 
and then switching out those bulbs is something that's really easy to do and buying blue blockers. There's so many that's available. Uh, you can actually check out some from Orion. I believe they have blue blockers. There's also some really great ones from Bond Charge. And you can use the coupon code wellnesswitch. It will save you 15% off their site. And they have some amazing blue blocking glasses. They have all kinds of different styles. So you can totally check those out. And another thing with the blue blockers is that if you are up before sunrise and it's dark in your home and you're turning on all the lights, that might be another time where you want to wear your blue blockers. And then the other piece that I'm adding in here is actual red light therapy. So using the, I have a red light therapy device. I have a nice handheld one from Orion, which I love. It's just small. It's compact. You can travel with it. It's very lightweight. So I can carry it around the house. If I'm sitting down and watching you know, a movie at night or something like that, I'm wearing my blue blockers, but then I'm also using the red light therapy for about 15 minutes. So I might shine that directly onto my thyroid or on my face or just expose as much skin as I possibly can. And then we also have like a bigger size one. I don't know the actual size of it, but it's definitely bigger and it's not as compact. It's heavier. And so it's still very easy to move around the home. It's just a little bit heavier. But the thing with that one, because it's bigger, it's covering more space, right? So you're going to get more red light on more areas of your body than using the, the small, the lightweight one. So you can get those from Orion. And I am quickly just going to go pull up a coupon code for you guys if you're interested in ordering. And I want to be really clear, like these are investments and maybe you're in a place right now where it doesn't make sense to invest in these things. You can absolutely go buy some red light night lights off of Amazon for $20. And maybe that's the first step that you take um, or just, you know, turning the lights off in your house. If you have a fireplace, that's amazing. We have a fireplace in our basement, which is not really the area like we hang out in. It's like our gym. And so we don't really hang out there, but a fireplace, you're getting the orange and the red light. So that's actually amazing for supporting your body in the evening time. Even candles are amazing to have around the house. So those are some simple things that you can do without having to spend money on a red light device. But Maybe it's that time of year where, you know, as we're heading into the holidays and you want to treat yourself or you want to buy it as a gift for somebody, um, you can check out the ones from Orion, O-R-I-O-N. The coupon code is wellnesswitch, and that should, I believe, save you anywhere from 10 to 15% off. And then there's also some from Bond Charge, B-O-N Charge. So you can search up those companies. The code for both of the companies is wellnesswitch. And I believe it's 15% off at Bond Charge. And you can also buy the blue blockers there. So you have lots of options. You want to search up those companies, see what they have available, use the coupon codes to save. And that might be something that you want to include in your routine as we're starting to head into the fall and the winter months. You know, winter time for me, oh, I just don't love it. I just don't love it. I don't love the cold. It's dark out and it's more gray. And so I'm trying to really enjoy winter as much as I can. And not only that, I feel like as we get deeper into the winter months and January and February comes around, I just don't feel so great in my body. I feel like my energy is kind of low because we're not getting that sunlight and the heat. I feel like I'm just kind of feeling the blahs as many of you could probably relate. And so I want to do my absolute best to move through the winter feeling amazing. And all of this is going to support my hormones in the best way possible and support my fertility. And so if you want to take on a few of these habits into your daily routine, I think that that would be fantastic. So that's kind of what it looks like for me now moving forward after my miscarriage and now heading more into the winter months. A few other little things are just being conscious of my like fruit intake. So I'm still eating fruits, but not as many tropical fruits because they're not as local, of course. And, you know, I don't have access to 
raspberries and blueberries right now, but I have access to a lot of pears and apples. So just shifting my diet a little bit more and focusing on more seasonal foods and doing that is important because again, you're going to get the most nutrition density from the foods that are in season and more local versus foods that have been, you know, shipped from really, really far and they're going to be a little bit more depleted. Still healthy for you, don't get me wrong. It's just right all that travel and there could be some depletion from when they were picked. So just trying to focus on more local and and seasonal foods is really helpful as well. So those are some of the things that I'm doing and I really wanted to share this with you so that if you are feeling a bit lost and stuck, whether you're trying to conceive or you are perhaps maybe in in a place where you've recently had a miscarriage and you're looking to support your hormones and your body, I hope that some of this was able to bring you some clarity and some support in some way. So I thank you again so much for tuning in and being here with me being with me during this journey and through this transition. And I thank you so much for all of your support and your beautiful messages and your kind words. If you have any other questions or anything that you would love for me to dive into in a future episode, other areas of fertility that you would love for me to share about, please let me know. And if you are looking for fertility support, This, you know, I don't do any coaching in the nutrition space anymore. We run our Naturally Nourished online program, and that's where you can find me doing some coaching inside of that program. And that program is, number one, a really great step. It is not a fertility-specific program, but everything that I do to support my fertility or that I would ever recommend to anybody to support their fertility is inside that program the light support, the light environment, circadian rhythm, stress support, thyroid improvement, metabolism, sex hormones, increase in progesterone. It's all in that program. And it's so interesting how that program came to be out of wanting to really support and educate women with thyroid health. But ultimately, when you want to break it down, it's such an amazing program for fertility support. So if you do feel lost and confused and want some more support in that area from a nutrition perspective, supplement perspective. I share it all inside Naturally Nourished. You can join that program. It's You currently get $100 off with the coupon code podcast. So you can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash naturally nourished. Use the coupon code podcast at checkout and that will get you $100 savings. And on the other side of that, If you are looking for some one-to-one support, I've been really leaning into this with my heart because I know how many women are struggling and stuck and need answers and support. And I've been considering opening up a small group coaching program and taking on a handful of women and supporting you over perhaps the next three to four months on your fertility journey and really addressing the nutrition piece, the lifestyle piece, the stress piece supporting those progesterone levels and supporting sex hormones overall, stepping into more of that femininity and how we can find ways to do that in our everyday. So I, I've been really thinking about that and leaning into it. And it really depends on the feedback from my audience. And so if you're listening to this and feel really compelled to join me in that and looking for support, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And I'm just going to feel out from the audience and the community and what you guys are feeling called to and the support you're looking for. And if that's an alignment for you, perhaps that is something I might create and perhaps we start in the new year together. So let me know. You know where to find me. You can connect with me on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Witch. And there's multiple places you can find me and connect with me. And don't even hesitate to send me an email, Samantha at holisticwellness.ca, and we can go from there. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I appreciate your time. Have a beautiful day and I'll chat with you all next week. Take care. Thank you so much for being with me today. If there's anybody that you know that can benefit from today's episode, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. I'll connect with you next week.